I know that uh, several of us in this room, we really enjoy watching a good movie, uh, enjoy the storyline of a good movie. And you know, one of, the, one of the, the, my favorite kinds of movies is where there is someone who is on a mission and um, whether it's a, an army mission or whether it's you know, a, a mission for a family, whatever it is, and they've got to go into kind of hostile environment, rescue someone or something and bring them out safe and sound. It is, a, it is inspiring in a way that's really pretty special uh, because I, I find myself in the movie. You know, whenever you watch a good movie and a good storyline, do you find yourself in the movie where you're just like imagining yourself doing these things? And it's, it's, it's special and it's remarkable uh, at that time. And of course, we know the reason. We've talked about this as a church for years and years, why we are drawn to a great story of rescue, a great story of, of, um, of victory. And it's because it's, it echoes the story. It echoes the greatest story ever told. And of course, it's the Jesus story. It's the Christ story. It's the story that God is still writing today. You know, um, the thing that's special about these movies um, that, that we find ourselves really immersed in is oftentimes it's a story about somebody that's on a mission that's bigger than them. If they're on a mission that's bigger than themselves. And so as a Christ follower, I find myself really drawing in because this story is telling a story that is beyond itself. And as a Christ follower, I find, and I know that I have a mission that is beyond myself. You know, as a Christ follower, you have a mission that is beyond yourself. Now, for the last several weeks, we've been an extended celebration, the EP of Easter. Uh, we've just been enjoying basking in the implications of what Easter is all about and what Easter has meant for thousands of years and what Easter continues to mean and will continue to imply for years and years to come until Christ returns and takes us uh, to paradise where we spend eternity in relationship with the Lord. And so we've been celebrating this. And week one, we talked with Keith Becker and Keith helped us understand the evidence of how Jesus is the overcomer of death and he is the sustainer of life now and to come. Heart change, literal heart repair, and just remarkable story of how that has played out in his life. And I know it's connected with several of you. We've had lots of stories uh, since then. Then Sarah shared with us the, the truth that because of the resurrection of Jesus, believers have a future hope of resurrection and eternal life. And the implications of that is that death really is just the beginning. The death of Jesus was the beginning of life. The death of self within Sarah, the death of self within each of us, it has brought a security to the wrestling match of faith and doubt because of the eternal life that is promised. We can wrestle with that security or wrestle within that security. It's beautiful. And then last week, Shane he shared with us uh, that we get to combat sin. We can combat sin because of the resurrection. And then he inspired all of us, I believe, inspired all of us to shift from defense when it comes to the enemy to offense, to take the fight to the enemy through the power of prayer. You guys make sure you ask Shane about how... Uh, how, how, how the power of prayer impacted him today. So you guys go and go ask him that story. Um, I'll let him tell, tell that story about how that continues to play out. 
as he fights the enemy and the Lord just continues to show up. It's really a, a beautiful thing. You know, we're finishing up this understanding that the resurrection changed everything. Now, of course, we don't stop at this point now, but the series where we are focusing in on this uh, is gonna come to a close tonight. Um, we're, um, we're finishing up with the fact that as it has changed everything, a critical component for each of us in this room is that we don't just keep it to ourselves. You know, we aren't, we aren't designed to be the end users of the resurrection, where yes, it's gonna change life, where we can wrestle with doubt and we can wrestle with security and we can wrestle with all this kind of stuff because of the foundation and because of eternity. Which is important though that we don't just hang on to that just for us. But instead, because of the resurrection, we can proclaim and live out the gospel of Jesus. We get to share it. I mean, this is the understanding of this resurrection. It's changed life for us. But one thing we definitely don't want to do is just hang on to that. We need to shout it from the mountaintops. We need to share the story. But there's ways that we share this story, aren't there? We want to share a story in a way that connects with people through the power of relationship, through the power of, of, of divine um, appointments, when the Lord just clearly places us in the context with someone else, whether we know them or we don't know them. But it is obvious it is because God wants us to share his story with them. We get to proclaim it. But perhaps maybe even more important than the proclamation is the living out. That every day we're living this out and we're living it out in community. We're living it out in relationship with other people. And this good news that is Jesus, this gospel message that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. That Jesus came to this earth, died on the cross, really dead. He stayed dead for three days, but then he rose again, conquering death, sin, shame, so that we can live the life that God imagined us living when he breathed life into us here on this earth. So as believers, we have a mission. It's beyond ourselves. It's a mission that is beyond ourselves. And maybe, you know, I know we've talked about mission for a long time. Maybe you're here and you still, when you hear that word mission, it still makes you think international missions as a missionary. There's nothing wrong with that being applied to that word because it's absolutely all international work, all international missions is mission. They're on mission without a doubt. But we just gotta make sure that we don't miss the complete picture of what missions is. Yes, missions is international, but mission is also local. It's in the here and now, and that all believers have been called on mission. All believers, we're gonna see tonight and be reminded tonight, have been commissioned. There's been a task that's been assigned. There has been um, uh, a word given from the Lord that says, do this. And so we have an assignment from God and we've been commissioned on the greatest mission. There are missions that we are on all over the world. There are missions for our jobs. There are missions for, for our country. There are missions for, for, for all types of things. But in this moment here, it's the greatest mission. We are on mission, commissioned for the greatest missions. And that is Christ has challenged all of his followers to bring the gospel to the whole world. That's why you heard Darren earlier tonight. That's why you're hearing me and that's why you're seeing it on the screen today. Our goal as Legacy Church is to be a worshiping church that makes Christ known to all the world. That's our goal. 
Yes, our mission as a church, love God, love people, right? But if somebody wants to know what our goal is when we're finished, when we've hit the finish line, it is to be a worshiping church that we sing praises with our lips, but we worship between the Sundays, perhaps even more than we do on the Sundays by the way we live our lives. That is a worshiping church, responding to God's presence regardless of what's going on in our lives on Sunday and between the Sundays. And that, we are making Christ known to all of the world. So our, we're, we're done, we've hit the finish line when every single person on the face of this planet knows Jesus. It's a life work. That is our goal, though. And that's who we long to be, and as long, that's who we long to be known as. And so Matthew chapter 28, 19 through 20, this is the commission. The great commission, the greatest commission, as it's known in Scripture. Jesus' great commission, it flows from the resurrection. If it weren't for the resurrection, there would be no commission. If it weren't for the resurrection, we wouldn't be doing what we're doing today. And so this great commission flows from the victory of the resurrection, and we get to go proclaim victory to all of the world. What's important for us to understand, though, is that the risen Christ doesn't just send us, but goes with us into all the world. So we're never alone. We're never by ourselves on this mission. There are times that it can feel that way, but we are not ever alone. And so we can, with confidence, at work, at play, at home, with extended family, be who God's called us to be and share the good news of Jesus with the people that we are in contact with. So Jesus tells his followers in Matthew chapter 28, 19 through 20, he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. This is an important piece for us to understand, the power and the authority of Jesus. All authority in heaven and on earth. That's all authority. It's been given to Jesus. He says, out of that authority, you go, and as you are going, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to observe, a stronger word is to obey all that Jesus has commanded you. And behold, here's the promise, I am with you always, Jesus is with you always, to the end of the age. This is it. What we have to understand is we have to see that that go, therefore, is best translated as you are going. We are always going. It never stops. We are always going. The Great Commission isn't just about evangelism, and it isn't just about getting people saved and then saying, mission accomplished, we're done. It's not about that. It's far more exhaustive than that. It's a beautiful reality, a holistic picture of life here on this earth because the commission, it's connected to the resurrection, to discipleship, to spiritual formation, and to the understanding of God's kingdom and God's purpose in this world. So it's an exhaustive commission that is unending. And we, as we are going, 
we break this thing down this way. Craig Keener breaks it down like this. He says, because Jesus's future reign has begun in the lives of his followers in the present age. His people should exemplify his reign on earth as it is in heaven, as people of the kingdom, people of the future era. Most significant in this passage, because Jesus has all authority, because he is king in the kingdom of God, disciples must carry on the mission of teaching the kingdom. This is a Holy Spirit-empowered moment, and the Holy Spirit, throughout all of it, is guiding us, empowering, is illustrating, is inspiring, revealing, is continually saving us as we live out this mission. And so the implications of Easter are that we are the people of the Spirit of God because of Easter. If it wasn't for Easter, we would not be the people of the Spirit of God. So it all hinges on the death, burial, and resurrection. And so the way that this impacts life here on earth is this way. Christ followers are people who deal with the troubles of the real world because Easter dealt with the reality of a broken world. We don't like to think of ourselves as broken. It doesn't feel real good. We don't like to think of this earth and the goals that people set on this earth as flawed and as tainted. But the reality is, Christ followers, we are people who deal with trouble. We are people who deal with the troubles of a real world, not some fictive world by any means. Because Easter, Jesus came, Easter dealt with the reality of sin and shame in a broken world. So this is who we are in the here and now. We get the privilege of entering into this world while not being of this world to share good news, to share light in the darkness. It's really, really beautiful. N.T. Wright, a theologian, he explains these words. He says, Easter's about real life, not escapist fantasy. Easter's about God's judgment, calling the world to account and setting up his new glorious creation of freedom and peace and summoning all people everywhere to live in this new world. Easter's about God's rich welcome to all humanity, all humankind. And we Easter people are called to celebrate all of that in practical ways as well as in glad and uninhibited worship. You see, the mission of the church, the resurrection of Jesus, and the kingdom of God, they all flow from one another. It all goes together. These aren't separate things. They all flow together in, out of us and into this world that we live. And so our mission to spread the gospel is bringing the good news of the kingdom of God in this age, in this life, through the life of of God's people. We do this in relationship. You know, tonight um, I've asked Sandra Smith, and Sandra is going to be coming this evening and sharing her story of how she has been privileged to be able to proclaim and to live out the gospel of Jesus all over the world. It's been a really remarkable story. I think you're going to really enjoy hearing from her. So, will you help me welcome Sandra up to the stage tonight?
It helps if I get a microphone. Yeah, I know, you don't need one. Yeah, you guys, yeah, Drew wasn't lying earlier whenever uh, he said you guys are in for a treat because Sandra is a, is a special one. <laughs> I feel like I won an award or something. I know, I know. Well, I fun? wish I had a statue for you here. There's my award. Here it is, right here. This my is extended it. audience. That's right, that's yeah. it. That's exactly right. Well, Sandra, I, this is some things that I, I just wanted to kind of set the stage here for just a moment. You know, you know, some people might think that when we share the story of Jesus, it's, it's all these rainbows and unicorns and everything is just so pretty and so perfect. And that is quite the opposite of what the last three years of your life have been. Okay, the last three years of your life and, and, and beyond that, of course, you know, <laughs> but specifically the loss of your mother, the loss of your sister, um, numerous weather events at your house. Lightning has literally struck twice in the same place. And that's not even what caused the house to burn down. I also have the second time my house is burnt down. <laughs> and you have a property that's in Bastrop that yes. also was a part of the Bastrop fires that yes. burned down as well. Yes. So, you have literally been in the fire. You've literally yeah. <laughs> like been in this place where the lightning striking and all that kind of stuff. This has not been, this has not been an easy three plus years in your life. Here's what I love about you, Sandra. Okay. But I love about, there are a lot of things I love about you, but here's what I love about you. These difficulties don't define you. They don't define who you are. They are things that happen and they are a part of your story, but they do not define you. They're not your identity. And I'm inspired by that, and I love that. And because there's a lot of people who blame God today for their troubles. They get angry at God for their troubles, but you've done quite the opposite. Instead, what you've actually done is you've seen God move. You've seen God move in ways that otherwise you wouldn't see. And, and consequently, there's been a comfort that's come your way in some pretty non-traditional ways. And some of it's even happened at work. And, you know, you've had the opportunity through your job, and you've taken the opportunity through your job to proclaim and live out the gospel in relationship with the people that you've worked with. And so I just, I wanna give you an opportunity to share some stories uh, tonight. I know you wanna kinda uh, help us understand what you do, you know, and so help us understand what you do, and then, and then kinda how from Hutto, Texas, you get the privilege of speaking to people all over the world and how the Lord has been at work sharing his story through you. So I've been fortunate. I've been at Dell for almost 25 years. October will be my 25th year. Um, you are one of the rare. <laughs> and I started at the very bottom. I started in the manufacturing facility and then kind of worked my way up. Um, but my job is um, very unique. Um, what I do is I am in a special organization if you, don't, if you want something, a system from Dell, but you can't get it from the Dell standard, you come to our group. Okay. We do a lot of customization, specialization, loading software, hardware, all that kind of stuff. So my job, I'm a technology strategist, which sounds like a big word. Uh, technology program manager is another word. But I basically set the direction for our business on how the tools processes should work. And then I'm also the, the number one thing that I do make sure that we achieve that is I have to bridge the gap between the business and IT. Okay. So I'm on the phone 
<laughs> I would like to say I'm on the phone 26 hours a day because I really am. I mean, right. I, I go from early in the morning to late at night because of who I deal with. Yeah, with people who talk in ones and zeros. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I deal with India. I deal with Ireland, China, Malaysia, Brazil. I think I talk to more people outside of the United States at work than probably I do inside the United States. Interesting. Um, but that's led me to be in a good position, right? So some of my coworkers have known me for a long time, and some of them are new. But being in the position that we're all in, we're, we're in a kind of stressful job, but we try to make sure that it's not stressful when we're on the call. We, we end up, even though it's a program, you're, you're working, but you end up being somebody's friend at the same time, okay. right? And, and that helps me to be able to bridge the gap. So I like to get to know the people that I'm working with and vice versa. So we have personal conversations. You know, you start off with a business conversation and then everybody drops off the call. And, you know, you, many times I'm on a one-on-one and it just leads there. So I do not hesitate at sharing what I do in my life just for a, a like, hey, have a good weekend. What are you going to, got any plans this weekend? Little stuff like that. And so then it doesn't matter who I'm talking to. I tell them, well, I go to church on, you know, I, I go through the list of whatever. And at many times I was, you know, part of the student ministry and just different things. So I share what I'm doing. I don't hold back. Um, and that's led to some really interesting conversations. So one of my coworkers in Ireland, he's agnostic. Um, and I don't remember how it came out because it was a long time ago when it came out. Uh, and we just started talking about what he believes, doesn't believe. I mean, I think everybody knows agnostic, right? You don't, you don't really disbelieve, but you don't really believe either. And he's a scientist. He's an ast uh, astrophysicist, uh, to be honest. But, oh but he does what I do. But it's just kind of funny that, that we have this connection. And so we always talk about cultural things. And, and it just kind of came out as that he was agnostic. But all along, I didn't change how I communicated with him. Like, I don't stray away from the fact that what I feel is going on in my life is because of God. Yeah. So I've, you know, over the years, his, his has been built up, but especially over the last three years with everything that's going on. He, um, of course, everybody knew that I took care of my mom after my dad passed, right? So I was taking care of my mom and then she got cancer. And so, I mean, I would be on the morning conference calls making, making her breakfast, you know, along with sometimes shooting at a coyote, you know, just, <laughs> just so they, they got to see the whole life of me, you know. Um, you, were, you were bringing lots of uh, uh, confirmed thoughts about Texas living. Yes, yes, yes. So, I mean, I live my day-to-day -day life on the conference call because, I mean, I don't know if y'all remember one day when we were in the kitchen cooking for, what was it, the taco day. I was on a deployment while mm. I was trying to cook the taco meat. So yeah. they hear everything that's coming and going in my life because I'm on the calls 24 hours a day, it seems like. But my coworker in Ireland, it just made me feel good because at the time with my mom and my sister, sometimes I felt like, you know, you're talking about the ease. Um, I know you and I talked about it before, but I almost felt like people are going to be expecting me to be grieving more than I'm showing. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, but that was a strength that God gave me. Yeah, yeah. And I think he had been preparing me for several things that had happened earlier because it's very hard when 
I, and I'm sorry if I'm getting too sorrow here, but my mom and my sister, I both had to make the decisions, right, for them. So it's very hard to go through that and, and still, you know, of course, you got the devil on your, on your yeah. one shoulder. Mm-hmm. But God was always there. And like I said, he prepared me earlier, I think, for other stuff that had been going on to, to know that he was there when I made that decision and when it was the right decision at that time. And my coworker, being agnostic, recognized that Mm. and actually had a, he is a very, I would say he is a good friend of mine now because I've known him for so long. We, we, you know, talk personal stuff. He point blank checked in on me several times Mm. to see how I was doing. And he even made the statement, which, which gave me that like burst of energy that I needed at the right moment that said, you know, just seeing what you've been going through, it's made me go back and relook uh, at God. Yes. And, you yes. know, go, I'm going to start crying. Know, right? Come on. <laughs> but, it, but it's just like it was because here for so long, like I said, you never know what you're doing in your day-to-day life yeah. on how it affects others, yeah. what they see, yeah. just everything that he was seeing that I was going through. And it, for me, it's always been the glass is half full. It's mm-hmm. not half empty, right? Yeah. Even though... And he even made this statement after, you know, mom, Cindy, the house fire, everything all together. So he saw all of it because it was just like, boom, knock you down, get you back up, knock you down, you know, several times. And so me being able to express to him, yeah, I lost a lot of stuff in the fire, but it's stuff, Mm. right? But what came out of the fire was actually a good thing, you know? (laughs) I mean, I know that sounds crazy to a lot of people. I I know. that, that, is, that is the life change. I mean, he's setting yeah. me up to do some things that I want to do in the future, I think, for him. That, yeah. that is, that, that's what I'm looking at. So I'm not looking at necessarily the loss. Of course, I, I, many times I miss my mom and my sister. Absolutely. I'm not talking about Absolutely. them. I'm talking about the house and the, and the stuff yeah. in the house. Yeah. But, yeah. but yeah, just hearing, though, that he, that somebody had clear across in Ireland, yeah. especially knowing how strong he was as a scientist, for him to even make that statement to me. Be yeah. one thing, him thinking it himself, yeah. but actually having a conversation with me. And watching kinda. your comfort, he then finds himself comforting you, yeah. you know, in, in a way that he's being spurred to do. You know, yeah. what, what a, a remarkable thing. You know, I know that um, you, have, I mean, you, have, you have multiple stories like this, you know, and I kind of want to insert a question here, mm-hmm. uh, go out of order from what we've, okay. we've talked fine. about a little bit. Insert a question here, and then we'll, we'll get to the next story in just a second, but... You know, one of the things that I wondered about um, in, you know, you sharing and you being on those calls and then you kind of, everybody drops off and you're kind of one-on-one or one-on-one couple folks as you're, as you're having conversation. Is there ever any fear? Is there ever any fear that creeps in? I mean, this is your corporate yeah. job. You're talking to people all over the world do you fear that you can't trust them? Or do you fear that, you know, I mean, you're talking about your faith and, you know, you're, you know, you're not in a, you know, Christ-centered, you know, network from a standpoint of, of the business. I mean, it's corporate. It's corporate America, right? Corporate world. Any, do you ever have any fear in all of that? Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, and it really depends on who I'm talking to because it's not always a one-on-one when I have these. Now, if we go in deep, yeah, it's a one-on-one. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll just say statements. Yeah. Many times what I do, not necessarily to protect me, but it's to make other people, um, 
make it come across, I guess, that I'm not trying to preach to them or anything, yeah, yeah. right? Because it's if you really want to know who I am, I basically say, not sure if you're a Christian or not, but this is what I believe. Right. You know, kind of. So right. I will fa- phrase it like that. Into it just depends on who, who, like I said, who I'm yeah. talking, and depending on how they answer, then I know whether I can continue or not. Right. Okay. And I've had to do that with somebody that I have worked with for a long time, um, but it's always been in a real quick conversation, not in, on any of my programs, but I'm okay. like, she'll, like I'm on overall uh, subject matter expects me, right? Okay. So they'll sometimes call and ask me questions. Okay. And I mentioned something one day. We ended up staying on the call for two hours, mm. talking about something that we had in common that we did not even know we had in common. What we're wanting to do for foster care children, oh, and, yeah. and you know, a conne- we had a connection there that yeah. was just—I would have never known. Yeah. So it's a it, the, the fear exists. The fear exists. Okay. It exists, you know, but it doesn't—it doesn't, it doesn't um, deter you from being you. And one thing I know that you've said to me several times is, part of what you'll do is you'll actually ask them about their faith. Yes. So, and that's part of what what I like to do. So. Talking to the different people across the world, it, it really interests me to find out. Because number one, I need to find I need to find a way into them yeah. so I can communicate yeah, with them, absolutely. not just for God, but just for my yeah. my job in yeah. general. And I am sincere. I'm not doing it with a you know motive, right. but I really like to get to know them and what's going on. So if they're going on a holiday, if they're going on vacation, I'm asking them the same questions, yeah. which opens up the door for them to do the same thing with me. And many times we go back and forth, and you know. Um, I know one of my, and this is kind of a different story, but one of my friends is is Muslim, and we talk about it all the time. And um, you know, the biggest—it's not a fear, but we joke about it um, huh. because we say, uh, "See you in heaven." Oh, one of us, yeah, interesting, is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because. Sandra Smith, everyone. <laughs> I mean, we, we talk, but that's, but yeah, that's a right? good conversation that we've had. You know, we're like, okay, what is, what is so, many, of, that, many of their stories are so similar to yeah, us, except for they don't believe Jesus right. is the son. That's right. He was just, just a guy. He's a dude. Yeah. You got Ishmael and Abraham, yeah. you know. And so we, you know, we, you know, we're right. like, okay, yeah. if my God is who he's got, you know, I hope that there's another way in for them. You know what I mean? I know what the Bible says. You know yeah. what I mean? But we, sometimes you have to turn it into conversations like that to say, because I can't say you're wrong. Mm. So we just, you know, we, we, we uh, enjoy in the fact that there's so much. Yeah. He is such a kind-hearted person. You know what I mean? You would think that he would, if he was a Christian, you would just think he was the best Christian in the world. But he just happens to be a Muslim. Interesting. So, yeah. And so you don't feel the pressure to convince him that you're right? No, it's not my job i just have to show them how much i care for my day-to-day i mean that's the way i've always because yeah i'm uncomfortable talking to anybody about it but it took me a while before i would say you know i'm a christian i don't know when when it changed but it had been over the last you know 20 something years or whatever it was i don't know when but um i mean i do it more and more because it seems like i'm also being shown like i see more well, of course, we know there's more Christian movies, but there was, you know, there's more, um, I guess, just everyday speak about yeah. Christianity. Okay. You know what All I mean? Right. For It sure. seems like, or at least I'm seeing, maybe uh, it's always been there maybe. and maybe it's being shown that. to me more. Yeah. And so I am more open about 
know, but it's always been, you know, what I do is it's especially since when I moved back to Brown Street, right? Because that's where we started it all. When that's when where we met when yeah. it's uh, when we went. Um, yeah. So when we started, yeah. So when we started, well, we went to the other church first, and then mm -hmm. we started this church. Um, it brought me back and opened me up again more because I was a Christian very young. Mm -hmm. Went and lived my college years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and <laughs> my mom and dad weren't really, you know, we we were what we call the C and E Christians. Oh yeah, Christmas, Christmas and, and in Easter. Easter. Yeah, the CEO Christmas and Easter onlys. Yeah, see, my dad didn't go to church. <laughs> yeah. So my mom was the one, and then I they would always let me go with neighbors and different mm -hmm. stuff like that. So, and I looked for a church in in college, but. Um, it ended up, you know, most of the time I was going home to help mom and them on the weekend. Yeah. So it was it kind of like I fell out, you know. Yeah. That's one reason I'm, I'm just like in awe of all the, the young um, adults that we have here. Mm, yeah. The families that are raising their kids. Yeah. I didn't have that. Mm. And if I could have had what I have now so much, I'm just wondering what I would, how different I would have been. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, it's, it's not like I... Yeah, I was wild and crazy in college. Everybody's wild and crazy in college, if you don't. I mean, I, I still had my boundaries, but you get what I'm saying. But I'm just wondering what, what I could have done earlier. Mm -hmm. But um, I still believe God put me here to take care of my mom and my sister. That's why I never got married, you know. Wondering. Well, for but, such a time as this. Yeah. You are, you are here on this earth to impact in the way that God designed you to impact. And, you know, I know that you have, you have stories, other stories of other parts of the world. But, I mean, just listening to you talk about your faith, listening to you talk about the confidence you have in the Lord um, and, and how God has, has brought light into the dark spots of your life. And you've let other people into that journey. Sandra, I, I just, I'm, I am incredibly grateful um, that I know that also this has been a, a recent thing that you've begun talking about these stories, you know, at dinner after church on a Sunday night or something yeah. like that. And there are folks in the congregation that have heard you share these stories. And, and that's how I learned about what is going on in the most recent years of your life here. And so, you know, um, I guess one final question and we'll, we'll finish up today, you know, but what has, has there been any surprises for you? along the way when sharing your faith? Any surprises? Yeah, the, the one that we haven't really talked about, but, um, you know, so I, sometimes I think that I'm the crazy old lady at the grocery store. You know? <laughs> I go and talk to people at the grocery store. If somebody looks like they're looking for something, especially if it's a guy, mm -hmm. they can't find something. He's on the phone with his wife trying to, you know, I'll try to go, what are you looking for? And I'll try yeah. to help him. So I'm the crazy lady at the grocery store. But there was, right after all of this happened, right after I lost my sister, I mean, it was like mom, and then what was it, a year and a half, then Cindy, and then right after Cindy died, the house fire hit. Yeah. So, like it was waiting, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, so I already had my plans that I wanted to do from a foster care. Mm -hmm. I want to do some kind of something to help foster kids that have gotten aged out yeah. of the system. Okay. So I, th I thought for a while that I was dreaming too big. Mm. Okay, so, um, and things were lining up too easily, you know, with the fire, you know, I mean, I know it sounds crazy, but with the fire, now I, instead of fixing the place up, I'm going to sell the place, right. you know, and build, an, you know what I mean? So it was like, everything's, and then I have the place in Bastrop, that one went up in money. Samsung came in near where I'm living, so my price here has come up. Now I'm paying for it because my taxes went up, but you have to take <laughs> yeah, the good right. with the bad, yeah, right? Exactly. So, 
we'll eventually get there. But one of the things that surprised me was right after that, I went to the grocery store and I was buying a lot of stuff. And a young guy in the, in the parking lot that was gathering the baskets came over and said, I, can I help you put, and I'm like, sure, I'm just going to put them in the trunk. Well, not wanting to be the old lady at the grocery store that talks to everybody, right? Um, he was asking me questions, and as he was asking me questions, he just wasn't being polite. He hmm. was put there to ask me certain questions. Hmm. And I was able to share my story with him on what I wanted to do. Because he was, you know, everybody wants to say, even, and this has happened at work too, you know, mm -hmm. so sorry about your house, you know, everybody. So it opens up the door yeah. for me to say, yeah, but now I get to do this kind mm -hmm. of a deal. But I needed that encouragement to say, no, Sandra, you're not dreaming too big. Mm -hmm. we're, we're ready to do it. Because it's been 10 or 15 years that I've wanted to either foster or adopt, but because of my mom and sister's situation, I knew it wasn't the right time, right? right? right. So he put this kid in my, I say kid, I'm sorry, a young adult. He was 17, fixing to graduate. We were talking about his college. He wanted to know what my plans were. Mm. So I went into detail as fast as I could, you know, trying mm. to explain to him. And he said, can I give you my number? He says, I know that I would love to volunteer, and I know my mom would love to volunteer. Mm -hmm. Because... That was like the push that I needed. Not normal young adults are concerned about an old lady in the parking lot mm -hmm. talking about what she wants to do. But he, he listened, and it was like God had put that person at the same. It was all within a week. I had two people at work and him both saying, this is a great idea. Yeah. You need to go look Move into forward. that. Move forward. And it was, that was one of the surprises because a lot of people just think, and, and even looking back, right? Yeah. You can look back at your life and you go, oh, that's why that happened. Yeah. I needed it now. Yeah, yeah. And so that's some of the surprises is how the outpouring of the love that other people have for me, that they have through this tragedy, they mm -hmm. have voiced, I guess, I should say, when they don't necessarily have to. Yeah. You know? There's a comfort and an encouragement that has come in, in unsuspecting ways from unsuspecting people that it's clearly the Lord. Because I am human. I'm, I'm going to feel alone, Yeah. right? I yeah. used to go home. My whole life was centered around my mom and my sister. Yeah. I didn't go places, right? Three times I tried to go to the student camp and <laughs> every time something came up with my yeah. mom and sister where I couldn't go. Right. And so there, I've spent, you know, the Lord came me, to you, you didn't ask me my age like I'm you did, Sarah. I'm just kidding. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, I've spent the majority of my life taking care of them. Yeah. And so, yeah, he is now showing me that I'm not alone. So that's yeah. the biggest surprise that people were really listening, you know, and that he's trying to show how much he cares. And I already knew this, but it's, yeah. the, it's the fact that how much it's coming out from people at work and the guy in the parking lot. Well, it's amazing how much Scripture is very clear that you do reap what you sow. When you pour in and when you care for, the Lord cares for you. And there's a, a beautiful sowing of seeds that clearly has been happening in your life for so many years, and you're seeing those seeds. And these stories are unfinished. They, yes. they're not, you're, not, you're not done at this point now. I mean, from a faith journey, you've got friends that you're, you're still in process with. And so thank you. 
thanks for sharing with us. Thank you for, for helping us see just kind of how the Lord's been at work in your life and how you are proclaiming. You're saying it, and you're living it, and it's and you're trusting God. Yeah, one last, one, okay. la- one last, I know we're going to go, but I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I told him not to let me do this. Um, but she's going to do it anyway. Yeah, I'm going to do Sandra it anyway. Sandra Smith, everyone. Yes, you know, no. <laughs> Now, I do have, I, real quickly, um, I also, my other friend, um, she's a Buddhist. She lives here, though, but she has the Christian boyfriend in Houston. And before, um, she was wanting to talk to me about learning more about being a Christian. Mm. So we were going to start having those meetings. So you mentioned that it's ongoing. Um, But she had, her mom had a stroke. And so now she's having to take care of her mom. So I get to come up beside her. Mm. And not, so I don't, I don't, we're not going to start the teachings, but I'm already there. The comfort and the care. Yeah, and so she sees that in any way. I just didn't want to leave that out because, like I said, it's the little things that you do that you don't think about till afterwards. And I was like, maybe this is what she, maybe this is what God said she needs to help her. Absolutely. You know, see Experience the whole story. The tangible yeah. nature yeah. of so. the love of God. So good. Will you guys help me thank Sandra for this evening? <laughs> thank you, sweet lady. It's remarkable when we just when we just are obedient and we let the Lord shine his light through us what ends up happening. You know what we hear in this story is that believers are empowered by the power of the Holy Spirit. And believers get empowered to share the story and we can trust that God is at work. God's at work in ways that we can't see. God's at work in ways that we can see and it really is beautiful. There's a, a quote by David Scott uh, who is a theologian, uh, that uh, it seems to capture some of what we've talked about this evening. And so I just wanted to read this to you, um, and then we're going to just ask a couple of questions and we'll be finished. But we live hope, we live by hope in the promise that the kingdom is coming, growing, and spreading under the Father's watchful eye in the church of his Son, empowered by his Spirit. And we live by love in imitation of Jesus with the love of God in our hearts, giving meaning to everything we do. And by his grace, we live as he did, living as offerings of praise and thanksgiving. And the question we've asked each week of this series is, is this you? Is this you? Are you in a space where you're, you're looking for what God has for you? You're, you're, you're seeing God's activity in your life and is this you? Are you living and proclaiming the gospel of Jesus because of the resurrection? I mean, because Jesus died for you, death was the beginning, and this is the point where, man, life began. And we get the privilege of living. We get the privilege of sharing. And as you learn tonight, it doesn't have to be weird. It's just relational. We take an interest in other people, and when we sow those seeds, Other people take an interest in us. We get to share life together. And it's not our job to convince them of who's right and who's wrong. Man, what a great question, or what a great statement. See in heaven. Right? And there's this understanding that you can kind of have it where they're like, yeah, well, I don't know. I think you're wrong. Well, no, I think you're wrong. But the Lord's going to sort all that out. And we get to live this life 
in a really beautiful way. We don't have to manufacture anything. We don't have to embellish anything. We live, we go, and we tell. This is what we do. We trust that God's working and trust God with the results. And here's the deal, though. There's a catch tonight. And if you're sitting in this room this evening and you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior and Lord, please do not go out and try to teach the gospel, proclaim the gospel to anybody, because you're going to hurt people doing that. You're going to hurt yourself, and you're going to hurt other people. And so it's very important. If you've never accepted Jesus, please accept Jesus as your Savior. Let the Spirit, who is alive and well, be the one that is moving in and through you, because that's where the compassion comes from. That's where the entering into other people's worlds comes from. That's where you don't have to be right. That comes from the Holy Spirit. You don't have to prove somebody you're right. That type of... that. If you don't have the spirit in, in your life, you're gonna have a pride that's gonna, it's gonna mess things up and it's gonna hurt people. So I know you don't wanna hurt people. And so will you just choose Jesus? And if you're in this room tonight and you've chosen Jesus and you're, you've been tentative to share your faith because it's like, man, I have to go with like a tract and I have to have all the right answers. I have, no, I hope what you've heard tonight is it's not about that. It's about living life with people. It's about not making it weird. It's about sharing life, sharing your story, listening to other people's story. And as we sow seeds, the Lord, and as we water seeds, God will make them grow. And over time, sometimes it's years, sometimes it's a short amount of time, over time, you see the work of the Lord and eyes are opened. Y'all, God's entrusted you with the greatest message ever. He's entrusted you with the greatest message ever. And because of the resurrection, we get to be commissioned with the good news of Jesus. And so let's be good news people. And let's share our story. And let's just share how the resurrection changed everything in our lives and everything on this earth. Let's just make sure that we don't keep it just to ourselves. Let's make sure that we're sharing it with other people. Deal? Let's pray together and we're gonna respond some. Lord, we love you and we praise your name tonight. And we thank you for Sandra. We thank you for the way that you're at work in Sandra's life. And we thank you, Lord, for the fact that, that you've given us eyes to see. And Lord, you're continuing to give her eyes to see. Lord, I pray that tonight, as we've experienced her experience, and as we've heard her story of different parts of the world, making Christ known to all of the world, including here. Lord, I pray that it inspires us to have these relationships, to share our faith, to share our story, to be curious about other people and to hear their stories. And Lord, all along the way, Lord, you will make that path straight. We can trust you with the timing, but Lord, it is important that we proclaim, we proclaim Jesus, but most importantly, Lord, that we live it out. Father, we love you. We praise your name tonight. Be with us as we respond. And Lord, help us to live out this mission that you have commissioned us to live. We pray this through the name of Jesus. Amen.